Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we take a look at what's happening in the markets today, another day of some limit down trade. But if you were looking at the screen at one point and thought you saw green with these cattle, you weren't envisioning that you were hoping. It actually happened for a brief moment. We're going to talk about the volatility that's been going on in the trade. The box beef making some big moves today. Equities have created some negativity on the grain side. We're going to get to all of that as we bring in Brad Coyman today. He's with Coyman, Coyman, Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. And Brad, I tell you, if I'm going to talk about a crappy day in the cattle market, I'm glad I've got you on the phone line because of your personal involvement with the cattle industry. You can feel some of the pain going on out there for our producers. Uh, I certainly can, um, Susan, and, uh, you know, uh, whether I drew the short straw here um, uh, and and uh, get to do the markets, um, it is what it is. I, I, I feel much worse for the producer. Uh, nobody needs to feel sorry for the guy that has to comment on it, even though I am a producer as well. Uh, you know, I think that the broader public doesn't understand um, that – those of us that produce beef are producing what is a perishable item. Um, you know, even corn can be stored, right? Um, the the uh, you know, if you, if you can't get your iPhone this month, you'll 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 be able to get one next month, right? Um, but if cattle are fat, they're fat, and they have to get sold. And uh, this, <clears throat> what's happened here the last two weeks? <clears throat> I'm a little long in the tooth. It'll be 40 years in June. And I'm not going to lie, I think that this is the one that takes the cake for me. I think and there's an awful lot of ways that this one is worse than the other stuff that we've gone through. Worse than Mad Cow, worse than the Holcomb Fire, worse than September 11, uh, the 08 reception, recession, reception, excuse me, recession. Um, this one, in a lot of ways, takes the cake. And some of it's because of the society that we're living in and the technology and the uh, you know, the, 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 this news, uh, 24-hour news that seems to be hell-bent on predicting the end of the world, that that's what they seem to, uh, it's, it's, it's like my dog, when she catches a rabbit, she doesn't, she doesn't do anything with it, she just rolls around on it for three, four days, she's so proud to show me the dead rabbit, you know. Um, so this is, um, these are, these are trying times, but, um, yeah, we could just we'll talk about it, and we see what, so if we can see what the light at the end of the tunnel is here. Well, you talk about that light at the end of the tunnel. Where is it at? I mean, we've got such volatility that was in the trade for today. It makes maybe for some less optimism from producers. Well, let's look at a few things here that I think maybe we can try to learn a little bit from. Um, you know, <clears throat> I've looked at the thing and looked at it and and tried to go okay now. You know, I have a lot of questions. You know, customers will say to me, well, what happened the last time? Well, um, there isn't a real precedent for this one. You know, in terms of a disease thing, uh, you know, uh, uh, something that's close maybe is H1N1 in 09. A lot higher rate of cases and all the rest. And I can tell you what happened then. Nothing. Markets went sideways. Literally, the cattle did nothing. Um, I remember that very clearly because I had a daughter playing college volleyball. She actually, they let her play. She wore a mask. You know, I mean, the, 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 um, this one's different and it just, it is, you know, I can bitch about it too, like everybody else, but I guess the reality is I've got to try to figure out my way around it. So 
what what happened though on a couple of these other occasions, and I'm thinking about the Holcomb fire in particular, where nobody knew where the bottom of this. The similarity to the Holcomb fire in this situation is that these guys did it to us again. We took the boxes straight up after the Holcomb fire, and they just absolutely pirated the cash cattle market. What do we got this time? Boxes went up $12 today alone. They'd already gone up about $8 prior to this deal, so we've put nearly $20 on the boxes at the same time that the cash market has cratered again. Um, I just, I just couldn't, I, I just couldn't help it today. I'm sorry. I had to count to 10 over and over. You know, I hear this story about somebody getting in trouble for charging too much for sanitizer on eBay. Are you kidding me? And 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 we're and we're letting this kind of crap go on where the where where where, where the where the where the producer that's got cattle that he has to sell is having to take this abuse. It's absolutely terrible. Um, so. Okay, what happened then? What happened in the Holcomb fire finally? Well, one of the packers finally decided, well, this stuff is worth something and started to kind of show a little bit of improvement in their bids. I remember I didn't really, I kind of under underreacted because I thought, well, geez, this is going to take a long time because Tyson's got a, you know, a lot of kill to make up and all the rest. Uh, but that effectively signaled the end of it. So watching again for some of those same things to happen, and they started to develop today. Um, one major packer started to bid 170 this morning, and he had bought cattle Friday as low as 165. Well, that's good. You know, maybe all the pressure that's been come to bear by some of the associations, you know, is finally you know rung true. I think that there's been pressure brought down all the way from Washington D.C. as well. You know, um, you know, to try to uh, um, encourage a little uh, better market uh, place here, and and then the bids went to 110 in the south. Uh, and they were, they had bought cattle at 105 in the morning, and then the bids went from 105 to 110. Boom, five dollars up. Imagine that. The board started to rally. We were limit bid. We were limit down. Started to rally. Went all the way to limit up, which it deserved to be in my estimation, only to have the thing wither again. Um, it's just like you can't get enough sustained buying to hold the market. But if the cash market truly has caught, and that would be my view. Then you know at 110 and an April cattle at 91.85 and June cattle at 85 something looked to be grossly undervalued to me, Susan. What about this retail demand? I mean, we're starting to see a pickup there. Could that help in the push as well? Great question. I'm told that there physically you can't get enough trucks to haul the meat that there's demand for to restock the shelves at the Kroger's, the Costco's, the WalMarts, etc. Okay. Um, you know the negative nally in the on in the room is going to say yeah but nobody's ever going to go out to eat um and there there's a, there's an element to that certainly uh but you know at what point do we ratio the fact that you're still going to eat um and you maybe will eat at home folks we come back we're going to talk more about what's happening in the livestock before we jump into the grains it's the fontanelle final bell on the rural radio network Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We continue our conversation today with Brad Coima. Uh, Brad, we talked, and as we went to break, we were talking about some of the things that were happening within this market for the for the cattle. But there were some rumors on Friday, and I had seen some flitterings and discussions about it, dealing with sick workers and packing plants. No truth to the rumor, but did the markets react to that rumor? Oh, my goodness, did they ever. The hog thing was just, you know, couldn't buy a uptick for love or money on Friday. Um, and, yeah, the talk was that you know, there were a couple workers or whatever had had uh, been infected and they had to shut the Tar Heel plant. That's the biggest Smithfield hog packing plant they have in their system out there in North Carolina. And it was unfounded. It turns out that there was somebody in North Carolina, but he didn't even really work there. Uh, 
But the topic at hand with that that brings out that deal is, is a concern I've had and others have. It's like, okay, what happens if 10 people that work at Grand Island, right, at the, one of the cattle plants, uh, you know, are they going to have to shut it down? Are they going to... Are they going to take the same radical approach like school systems and and they got to do what they got to do? But I mean, it, it, what 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 are they going to do? Are, are they going to close down? And if that's the case, you know, what does that mean to the marketplace? Um, my sense of that thing, Susan, and, and I, I'm not an expert, um, but my sense of it is that the packer is so highly incentivized, like he was after the Holcomb fire, because he's making so much money. He's going to do whatever he can, you know, including check-ins on the way into work to check the health of their work. Uh, you know, they may have to slow up a little bit, but believe me, they're going to do everything in their power to continue to kill, mostly because of greed and because of the amount of money they're going to they're making. Are we going to continue to see some firmness develop for these cash hogs? Uh, the, the hog fundamentals are good. That's kind of the big irony part of this thing. Uh, cash market, the numbers are tightening a bit. There's some interest in the pork product. Uh, there continues to be rumblings and whispers that we're getting here that there's uh, increased interest from China. Uh, you remember there on the backside of their uh, COVID-19 deal um, and probably could stand to have a little bit of a happier public out there, you would think. Uh, I mean, it's got to be better than eating bats and, and, and uh, civic cats, right? You know, um, No, I, I think that there's a, 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 a building uh, move there, and I'm been told by some in the meat business that that's the market I should be watching uh, to see for sure if the hogs legitimately catch would probably be a great indication that maybe the cattle are right behind them. Is there some fruit to the talks between business and China? Oh boy, I, I guess it's above my pay grade. Um, I think you have to look at that as to what will, I mean, how does this improve China? You know, is this something that China finally can't stand it anymore, that they, they, they go ahead and do something because it is so good for them? You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I don't know. I can only speculate on that issue. But to me, the kind of uh, completely unsettled situation that they'd have, you would think that they might want to have a little better way of life for their, for their population. Let's jump over to the grain side. Devastating day for them just as well, seeing continued drops in the markets. Yeah, you know, I can I can I can do cattle fundamentals till the cows come home. Um and hog fundamentals. And I and I and I you know, when you and I were gonna talk, I thought, what am I gonna talk about on the grain side here? Um you know, yeah, I can pull out my seasonal book like everybody else and tell you the odds that we'd rally going into May one are very good. Um, and, and yet the marketplace clearly today just was a, just a, you know, a, a disappearing act. Um, you know, $27, $28 crude oil doesn't do anyone any good, of course. Um, I, uh, I, I guess that's part of it. You know, the whole unsettlement of the outside markets, of course, are part of it. I, I, I guess I, smart aleck in me, you know, I get it about crude oil. Okay. I get that. But you know, what's the rest of the correlation here? What's the rest of the correlation for December corn and next year at 367? How does people having COVID-19, how is that bearish every day for deferred uh, corn and deferred beans? Frankly, I don't see that it is. Um, so, yeah, the charts right now are a wreck. Seasonal would tell me to, to not sell anything down here. So if I was a hedger, and I am, I certainly wouldn't do that. And maybe if I could leave you with nothing else, Susan, I would leave you with this, that, Short-term problems 
And these are big problems, but short-term problems do create long-term opportunities. Uh, African swine fever is not going to last forever in China. They'll get back on their feet. They'll need to buy corn. They'll need to buy soybean. Coronavirus is not going to last forever. Uh, it just seemed like it, right? We'll get back to our demand that we had. You know, the, the, fortunately for us, the rest of the macro structures of the economy were fine going into it. You know, so um, you know, I, I guess I would probably, if I was listening, try to keep your eyes on the horizon here. Um, I think that things will get better. Um, I think sooner rather than later. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, you know, all that and a dollar buys you coffee. But that's my view. And, and these bad, these short-term problems do truly create long-term opportunity. All right, sounds good, Brad. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? It's 800-358-3047. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all of their local Fontenelle dealers. You're listening to the World Radio Network.